Welcome to The Open Door. This is a podcast of the Nazarene Collective as we go on a 21-day journey of prayer and fasting. In all 21 episodes, we hope to encourage you along the way with thoughts, reflections, stories, and intentional prayers the tribe will be praying together. So whether this is the first thing you do in the morning, just part of your commute to work, a few moments on your lunch break, or how you choose to end your day, we invite you to slow down, reflect, pray, and be present with open hearts that anticipate discovering God's open doors. Well, welcome to day 18. Can you believe it? You've gotten this far. We're getting so close to day 21, but we're not quite there yet, so we need you to stick with us. Our foundational verse that we've been using for the Open Door podcast and for just this Open Door mission is Colossians 4, 2 through 3. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Well, today we're going to focus in particular on the word thankful. In doing doing so, we want to just sort of converge on our past as a church today. The the Valparaiso campus has an ongoing story that continues to unfold of God's goodness, his faithfulness, his calling on people to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So today we're going to explore the history of this place and how God has consistently uh, been opening up doors for his people to walk through together. And no one has more longevity on the VNC staff than the three people I get to sit with in the studio today, Gene Tanner, Sean Evans, and Julie McDaniels. So y'all need to let everybody know how long you have been at VNC. I'm Julie, and I was hired in January of 1989. So I've been here for 34 years. Which is longer than any of us on staff. Yes. She is, she's in charge. She knows where the bodies are buried. (laughs) 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 Moving right along to the bodies who have not been buried. How long have you guys been here? Uh, This is Gene. I was hired to be the lead pastor in 93. So I'm coming up on 30. 30 years. Wow. (laughs) Two of the best years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was hired in the summer of '96. So, what is that? Twenty, come almost twenty-seven years. Twenty, yeah, something like that. A long time. That's difficult math. It's all right. It is. Well, it's it was like a long time ago. It is, and then you get the months in there, and it you don't. It just doesn't always add up. It does. Sometimes it, it looks longer than it is. I, I hear you. Well, these three know our story. Um, not only, and there are others in the church who have been here even longer than Julie has, but to be behind the scenes, to know some of the details of how God has been at work in this place, uh, these three know the stories very, very well. And I've asked Sean to just sort of remind us of our beginning. It was a humble beginning, but it's a story where people were trusting God. And if he's just going to give us a quick history of how our church got started. Yeah, the church was started as a revival, a two-week revival uh, in a tent in 1924. It was literally what you kind of would think of in the early 20s with uh, bells of hay, and uh, they they pulled their cars or their trucks up around the perimeter of the tent and used it for the lights. And uh, it was it was very, I mean, it was really rustic. And at the end of the two-week revival, they decided they wanted to form a, a church out of that. 
and I, I can't remember what I've read. It was 13 or 18 people that said, we're going to be the charter members of this church. And they began and started rolling and ended up downtown area for the first couple of years. Then they, uh, they ended up building some structures and, and uh, they were downtown till uh, the late seventies, early eighties, and then made the move out to where we're at now um, on Glendale. And at that time, this was all just farmland. There was, there was no houses out there and it was a tough decision for the church because when they voted to buy the land out here, they were downtown, but they were landlocked. There was businesses all around them. And there's a group in the church that said that the town's going to go north and we need to, we need to be there. And there was others who just didn't see that. And how could you, it was just farmland. I mean, who knew, who knew what was going to be coming this direction? Um, but they did, and they were they were really, really faithful in that that whole process, and um, and made it happen. And uh, so, from the early '80s until current, it's just been a an ongoing legacy of um, adapting and building, and and to where we're at today. We're coming up on a hundred years, which is crazy when you think about that. But go back to that part of the story and and maybe let's let's hear some more uh of the stories that before we came to this current location you just have some amazing stories that took place of what people did in trusting god in that not just trusting them in their mouths and with their words but man they they put it into action and and some of those stories this tug at your heart um, because the sacrifices that were made anybody want to share some of those that they remember they were told of of what people did in that time while they were walking through that open door God had provided. Well, I know, I know for sure there, there was a time and, and when I say I know for sure, I know for sure the story happened, the timing, I could be off on a little, but they had secured the option on this land, this, this 11, 12 acres that we're on right now that they had secured it. They'd put a deposit on it. And then the option was called, and they had to raise the balance literally within like 60, 90 days. I, I don't remember. It was, it, was, it was fast, and they didn't have anything. And the church was around 200 people or so. And they, uh, the pastor at the time, stood up and basically said, you need to go mortgage your homes, start selling stuff. We've got to, we, this is what we are called to do and we got to do it. And they did, they raised all the money. They, 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 there were people that put second mortgages on their property and on their farms. Um, they, they their sacrifice, sacrifice level was unbelievably high, uh, of what they pulled off. It, It was amazing. And they did it. They were able to buy the land, um, the first, uh, the first two building projects were all done with volunteer labor. Uh, so what we our youth center today, and the children's wing, which was kind of a gym, one unit uh, sanctuary, that was all done by volunteer labor from the men and women of the church. So they'd go work all day, and they'd come at night and and work all night, and they did that for years as they built. I mean, it's just unbelievable. When I got here in 88, 
they were just dedicating the sanctuary that's now the youth center. So that was just being dedicated because it had just been built. So during that time, in those early years in the 90s, is when we went to two services. And that was an open door that we went through that wasn't necessarily easy. The doors that God opened sometimes aren't simple and aren't easy, but it made us grow and it deepened our walk and it allowed us to provide an extra service so that we had the opportunity for another gathering opportunity. So um, from there, we had the opportunity to, um, we raised money and we invested in a master plan. And that was in within the first five years that I was here. And again, it wasn't easy, but without that footprint, we wouldn't have known or had direction to go. And even if we didn't follow it exactly, it was there that it was a guideline for us. So we didn't file, follow it exactly as we built the new worship center in 2007, but it was a guideline. So we knew what we could do on the corner of Glendale and Sohavy. I think, too, the people making these investments in that window, um, some who have gone on. I mean, they are they're in heaven, but they chose to invest in something that they weren't necessarily going to. They, they walked through a door where they couldn't fully see what God was going to do on the other side of that. It's just been, it's just amazing to me when you think back on the different stories of different ways people have sacrificed, probably different ways people have prayed for us. We don't even, we don't even know. Well, I, I, the, this year as we became debt free and we met with, uh, we invited, I think it was around 25 or 30 of the individuals that are still living in Valparaiso that attended the church downtown uh, to join us for lunch. And we, we, we just wanted to honor and celebrate them and talk to them. But because the, the line that we've been using is we're, we're eating fruit off trees we did not plant. And that's, that is the honest to goodness truth. I mean, Keith, there are so many stories of the sacrifice that people, I, I mean, I, there, I'm, I would imagine most people don't know that the land that was bought here actually is not the land that we bought, we purchased as a church. This was going to be the subdivision that's now the Boca Lago, that area right behind us. Uh, but the builder, Bill and June Kaiser, Bill, it's passed on. But Bill and June just felt like the church needed to be on the corner and not landlocked. And they swapped deeds with us. Hmm. And they had already paid for all the uh, services to be run to the land. So it saved the church significant money. And, uh, and so, ironically... The city came in and actually, after we swapped land, the city came in, the park that's over there um, on the Boca Lago streets, um, the, the city actually re- took the land from them to made a park. So they actually lost more money on the deal, but it was the church that benefited because it put us on the corner. We're not hidden or tucked away. And that was because they just didn't feel right about it. And so, I mean, there's stories like that all day long. We keep talking about the church downtown. Uh, that church is still there. People can see the original Nazarene church. It's the blonde brick building right by Valpo Velvet. And in, in the land of who knew, back when I was in college, if you were a pastoral student, you had to go through ordination process, and you were always interviewed in a, at a church. And all my interviews were at that church 
in the basement of the Nazarene Church in Valparaiso downtown. Little did I know that when I was 39 years old, I'd come here to, to pastor that church and stay for 30 years. So it's one of those, you never know. Mm-hmm. God just knitting the stories together. Well, Julie, in those 34 years, you've seen a lot, big picture stuff, but also because you've seen behind the scenes. Are there things that stand out to you of where you just saw the church walking through open doors in, in ways that maybe we haven't talked about yet? I think there's just, there's just a lot of different ways from how we function as a staff. The staff has grown tremendously. Um, and more than just a team, we're a family. We've been together for a long time. And even though we've added people onto the staff, um, we're like family. Um, and the people that have walked through, and just like today, we've got volunteers in the building that are helping with every aspect. So it's not about just the staff. We could not function as a church without the people who are here. And just on Thursdays, it's so fun to just come together and all just get different projects done. And there's ownership in that. So I think that providing, um, God has provided along the way in every aspect. Yeah, I I totally agree. Now, Gene, there's a unique time in our history where we want to be more intentional about reaching more people than we were reaching. And some big decisions were made to shift the culture of VNC. Could you tell us a little bit about how God opened the doors and we not only saw our church's footprint expand, but we got to see God's fingerprints all over that? Well, going back 30 years, churches tend to have a particular style and they got locked into that style. And what happened is People that had been Christians for a long, long time loved that style, so churches tended to grow a little older. Our average age was, was pretty, pretty old. And we were a church of 450, 475, maybe a little less than 500 when, when, when I came, and I realized the mean age was kind of old. In fact, our junior church was two classrooms where we knocked out a wall and had one of those curtain, uh, folding curtain doors for K through five. Our largest high school class was our seniors. It was just an older thinking church. And so piece by piece, when, when, when new staff came in, and Sean was my first hire, I talked more about where we wanted to go rather than where we were. And the Lord opened the right doors, brought the right people in, saw us through it, uh, and, and change is difficult. It, it dawned on me, people aren't afraid of change, they're afraid of loss. And every change creates a loss somewhere. And so we, had, we, we went very slow, very intentional, changing the culture little by little to be more intentional about reaching younger families so that our church would not over time die out. And now it's such an incredible place of worship. And, and then somewhere along the way, as more people started coming, you got those young families and you just had just the demographics begin to shift because more people came here. Uh, we experienced God's blessing for year to year, but we were running out of room. And so we had the, a new unique challenge of how do we create more space so we can keep getting more and more people into a, a place like this. So it began that conversation of how will God open a door for us to expand the place that we had. So talk us through, uh, whoever wants to, just talk us through the, the thoughts on we, we build a building at a time that was crazy to build a building but God has shown us that he was faithful. Then the same God who led us to build has been the same God who's gotten us to where we are today. Oh yeah. 
we had this land, and uh, when we started talking about building, it, it, it wasn't like in 2006 we went to a, a board meeting and said, let's build next year. It, it was probably for about four or five years leading up to that, we investigated a number of options from relocating, selling our existing uh, campus and buying land and building. And we looked at uh, before Menards built, their, we looked at their old building and the old Walmart building. We looked at all these different buildings around town. We looked at land. And uh, we even looked at adding on to our existing sanctuary, how we could extend it out and add some seats. And uh, at the end of the day, after all the different investigating and praying and meeting and hashing it out, oh my gosh, I, it was countless hours. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many. Uh, we came back together and decided to actually build another and complete the master plan that Julie talked about that was actually designed for for our, our campus. And uh, we, we, in essence, completed it. We made a couple of changes, but structurally it's the same and and it was keith as we've talked over the last few years um you know 2007 december 2007 we broke ground and then the fall of 2008 was the financial collapse um northwest indiana really didn't get hit till like 2009 ish uh, but by then uh, the financing really changed the whole banking world changed the uh, the the structures in which we really where we thought we would be where we people had made commitments now everything was off the table and uh, it was almost as if we did all this fundraising pre we had to go back into fundraising mode again um, neck deep after we had already signed about five million dollars in contracts that it didn't matter if we didn't want to build them. We, 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 we were going to pay these people money, you know I mean? Uh, and it was, it was scary. It was hard. Um, it was the, it was the toughest thing I think I've ever been through, uh, personally. And I think as a staff, I mean, it, it was, it was challenging days as, as, uh, you know, we finally get open and we had to make, we had to make staff cuts. We had to stop spending budget money was gone. I mean, we, we, everything ended and it was like everything that we felt like God wanted us to do. Um, we were, st we were going to do yet. The challenge was real. Um, and it, it just became, okay, we just have to, we have to just keep moving forward. And, uh, and so we've been fortunate, unbelievably blessed the last few years. And, and you're right. The same God that, that uh, big, that was with a handful of people under a tent in 1924 is the same God today and has not changed. And uh, I got to believe that when they went from a few bells of hay and a tent and the lamp light of a car to get into a permanent structure, that was probably pretty hard too hmm. and probably felt harder than anything they'd ever done. And uh, it just kept getting bigger, you know, and, and adding stress. Uh, but it, it was real. And I, I, it's just hard to believe we where we're at now. It is. And I think it's impossible to cram 100 years worth of history into a short time together today. But I think you've heard some evidence and a reminder to just be thankful because God has been faithful and he has been good to VNC. 
and not only VNC, but to the Winnemac campus as well, as they have their own rich history and story of God being faithful and God being good. Not only did we experience God working through his people to build, but we've also seen God working through people stepping through doors financially to pay off that building. And now here we are as a collective trusting God and going through open doors with a campus in Valparaiso and Winnemac. We have two Hope Center locations and a compassionate ministry work taking place in Winnemac. And as we move forward to the future, let's not forget about all that God has done in and through the church. And in moments where you doubt a next step, just remember, God has been faithful and good. He's the same God then and the same God now. Thank you for being with us today. As you pray today, pray for your campus, but pray with thanksgiving of all that God has done and how awesome it is that all of us get to be a part of his story in these different locations that we simply get to call our church. Thanks for being with us today.